0: This podcast is produced by Unedited. Hello Dreamers and welcome to the Dreamers Disease podcast with me Alex Manzi and to the final part of my travel diaries from my two-month travel around South America and this part is where I was in Colombia and um, as you'll know from previous episodes I spent the first month or so with my two friends Christian and Adam And then I spent the next 10 days solo and I met up with my friend Lucy uh, traveling around the northern part of Patagonia. So you can go and check out those parts of the travel diaries as well from previous episodes of the podcast. And then I left uh, Argentina and Patagonia and went straight to Colombia and I was a little bit apprehensive at first because this was the kind of, I guess the first part of my two months where I was really solo and I had two and a half weeks in Colombia and I was landing in a country where I didn't know anyone there I didn't know really what I was going to be doing I had a rough plan of where I wanted to go but I knew that I was going to be spending a lot of time by myself and trying to meet people etc so I was a little bit nervous but I was also very very excited to get going and, and to discover Colombia because when I was planning my trip to South America there was so many people that were telling me you have to go to Colombia you have to go to Colombia like it's the one country that everyone kept mentioning so I was really excited to 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 be able to get there and also to discover the country and i kind of had a rough route of flying straight into medellin and then from medellin i made my way north and i went to the santa marta area uh, then barranquilla and then cartagena and then from there i went back to to bogota uh, and that's where I had my flight home so I kind of did it in like four parts really. So I landed in Medellin and I was very very overwhelmed to begin with because I'd come from this amazing experience in Patagonia of being in the mountains and I would landed in this crazy busy city and it was people everywhere and it was just it was quite overwhelming to begin with but I was very lucky that the uh, hostel that I decided to stay in called the Purple Monkey was very very well set up for uh, solo travelers because um, it, it's basically like a, I guess, a social hostel in a way. So every day they have a happy hour between five and six. And when you go up onto the roof terrace where the bar is, there's like two massive, um, I guess, like picnic benches that are kind of being put together to make one really long bench. And you can literally get like, you know, 30, 40 people on these benches. Uh, so you got there, you grab a drink and you sit down and you, you're basically forced to, <laughs> not in a bad way, but you're kind of, forced to start having conversations with people so you start meeting people straight away and this really helped sort of ease my um, anxieties about whether I was going to meet people and if I was going to be alone and you know straight away I got chatting to a couple of Canadian guys and was hanging out with them and then further down the line I got chatting to more people from like England and Dutch people and there was Canadians and there was French and there was everything so it was really really cool and it was really nice to be in a setting where it was set up to be kind of um, social in, in in that kind of space and that kind of atmosphere and there's a really nice vibe so when I arrived in Medellin uh, as you'll know from previous episodes and previous um, travel diaries is that I like to always get on and do a free walking tour of the city because it's a really great way to understand the city and it's a really great way to kind of just discover new places and hear from a local and just get a good gist of of what's going on so um, the morning after I arrived I had signed up to go on the real city walking tour Um, in the downtown area and it was really amazing because the host Juan was so knowledgeable, he was a local, he'd lived there uh, pretty much all his life and he was so knowledgeable about the city, about the history, Um, he he was telling us about you know those kind of dark times under uh, Pablo Escobar and the kind of things that uh the the citizens and the people who lived in the cities and in colombia that were experiencing at the time and he was teaching us about the politics and everything so it was a really great way to kind of be introduced to a colombia as a whole but be medellin as a city that was really really exciting it was really really interesting very very knowledgeable and probably one of the best walking tours that i've done to be honest because it was just so so full of information it wasn't just like normal stuff it was like really powerful and impactful on on, on on what you were learning about the whole of Colombia and, and Medellin um, and then the next day I was really excited about this what I did the next day to be honest because I'd spent the previous kind of like six weeks um, finding it really really hard because I just recently turned vegetarian in November finding it really hard to find like really good fruit and really good vegetarian food like there was some don't get me wrong in like the, the big cities that I'd been to but when you're kind of a bit further out it's really really hard to find good vegetarian food because because the South American countries is just not really set up like that Like their basic foods are like rice meat and and uh, some form of vegetables Um, but they don't they're not really set up for like really good vegetarian food so one of the things I was really excited about in Colombia was to start trying all the fruit because there's so many exotic fruits there because they you know they're kind of the northern part of uh, Colombia's on the Caribbean coast so it's you know, the, 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 it's very well set up to grow amazing fruits and import amazing fruits as well. So the next day, I went on an exotic fruit tour. So I went down to the uh, food market and did a tour again with the real city guys. And we got to walk around this huge market. It wasn't just fruit. It was like everything, meat, fish, like vegetables, everything. It was huge. It was like two floors. It was this massive market. And um, we, we walked around with our, with our guide um and she kind of took us to all these different stalls, and we tried loads of different fruits like um it must have been like 15 or 16 different fruits from like guava to like different types of passion fruits to like fruits i'd literally never seen or heard of before like it it was really really incredible and it it was a little bit uh, you had to pay for it it wasn't a free tour but it was definitely for me it was definitely worth it because i love fruit and it was definitely important like so important for me to go and just try and see all these different fruits and just yeah it was really really nice and some of the food was just incredibly like just amazing and colorful and full of flavor and full of life so yeah I was really happy I did that so definitely recommend that if you go to Medellin for sure um, and then the next day cuz I only spent like uh, f- originally I was only spending four days in Medellin so I had to kind of pack a lot of stuff in so after the fruit tour the following day I decided to do a day trip there's an area or a place just outside of Medellín, like maybe an hour and a half, two hours away, called Guatapé, which is like very famous for the huge lake and there's loads of stuff you can do in the area. Um, so I signed up for this day tour with a few others from my hostel, which was to go to a coffee farm um, and then go and check out uh, Guatapé um, itself. So we jumped on a bus in the morning uh, with our guide, taking up the mountain, and we went to this coffee farm, and it was amazing because we got to basically like, I don't know how to explain it really, like it was like a family-run coffee farm, so it was quite small, um, but we were taken in and we were shown by our guide how to essentially, the whole process of coffee farming from how they plant the plants, uh, to how they water them, to how they grow, and there's like different stages to how a coffee plant grows, Um, and then, after that we were we, we were <laughs> sent into the into the the farm itself and we were like told to pick some beans so we went in pairs and we were given these buckets and we were spent like 10-15 minutes like picking beans from the plants and we were told which ones to pick and then um we, we were shown the from that we were then shown the process of how they then process the beans once they've grown so and um, we were shown the whole process of you know peeling the beans to then drying them out to then like releasing the actual coffee beans and then You know, talk through the whole process of then how they're roasted and how they're ground down and everything, and it was really, really, really interesting. It was really cool experience because I'm a big kind of coffee fan, and obviously Colombia has some of the best coffee in the world. So I was really, really like, uh, I guess, uh, intrigued by that, but also I was very impressed by it, like the whole process and how you know, such a small family run farm can produce so much kind of coffee and the whole process of, of of how they go through it all is really amazing. So if you get a chance to do that in Colombia, I would definitely recommend it. That, that that for me was one of my favourite things I did, uh hands down. Uh it was part of this this whole day tour, but it was definitely like an amazing thing. And if you want to see more of it, um if you go to my Instagram um at I am Alex Manzi, and go and check out my colombia travel vlog that's on there you'll see the whole process of how the coffee beans um, are made so i kind of filmed the whole thing and put it in the vlogs it's all in there if you want to go and check it out and then later on in the day after the coffee farm we we were taken to the lake so guatapé is basically a small city and there's the the lake, I think the lake is also called Guatapé, it's basically a huge lake which sits in the top of the mountains, like, it's huge, it covers so much area, it's ridiculous, and we were taken to, to the lake, we were got on, got on a boat, and we were taken through like a little boat ride through the lake, and we passed like an old house of Pablo Escobar's which was all like bombed out and like completely derelict, and then we were kind of taken around a few other spots, and then we stopped off to go for like a little swim, and jumping off some rocks and just like a bit of chill time um before jumping back on the boat and heading to the actual town of Guatapé which is like a really small colonial town on this lake and it's beautiful I mean it's like full of colors full of good vibes um and just just I mean there's a lot of tourists there but like it's just a really beautiful small little town and it feels quite peaceful and for me it was really nice because you know before coming to Colombia I'd been in this really nice peaceful environment in the mountains to then arriving in this hectic, hecticness of Medellin uh, to go back somewhere that felt quite peaceful was quite nice for me so I really really enjoyed that and then afterwards one of the things you can do in Guatape is uh, there's the rock I can't remember the name of the rock itself but there's this huge rock that you can basically climb up Um, and it's like 700 plus steps to get to the top but then once you get to the top you can have this incredible like 360 degree view of the whole um, whole of the lake so the the lake itself fills over five thousand acres of land which is just ridiculous so once you get to the top of this rock and we we were very lucky because we had a really good group of people as well so shout out all of the guys who were um, on the tour of us we had a real good laugh sort of climbing up the steps and Once we got to the top, we were kind of all, like, just chilling and hanging out and having a good chat. But the view was just absolutely incredible. It's just, all you can see is, like, the mountains and lake and this huge lake that just fills the whole land. And then, like, little sort of towns dotted around. Um, So, that was, like, a really, really good day. Like, really nice day. It was a full day trip. We were up, I think, at, like, 8 a.m. We got the bus. And then we didn't get back to... Uh, a hostel in medellin until like seven so it was like a full day and it was very very worth it It was like a really amazing thing and and, and the day trip to Guatape is one of the things that that people very very much recommend when you go to medellin so i definitely check that out and then in the evening we were stay. the area we were staying in was called el poblado and it's like a it's kind of known as like the party in <laughs> the party part of the city really so there's this uh amazing square where there's like loads of bars and it's like it just felt like The more you walked and the more streets you kind of walked through, the more you uncovered. It was like some weird sort of like, I felt like I was in some sort of computer game like GTA where you like just, you walk into more streets and you just unlock different parts of this map and it was just like more bars and more clubs and all of the locals were out and it was just like a really good kind of vibe around. It didn't feel, you know, it didn't really feel dangerous at all to be honest. It felt quite safe. There was quite a lot of police sort of man in the streets but it just felt like a really good vibe there's lots of young people hanging out and there was like locals and and travelers and tourists like us um in the area as well so we kind of spent the night kind of checking out the the nightlife in medellin which was really cool and then the following day um i just spent chilling and i basically decided to extend my stay in medellin for two reasons <laughs> so uh well actually one main reason let's be honest so one of the reasons was um, that I was originally supposed to fly out on Friday. I was going to get a flight to uh, to the north region of Colombia. But then I found out there was a football match on Saturday and I was really, really desperate to get to a football match in South America. So I extended my stay for two more nights so I could go to this football match. So on the Saturday, a huge group of us, like literally a huge, huge group of us from the hostel, I think in the end there was like... Twenty or thirty of us decided to get tickets for this football game to watch uh, uh, Atletico Nacional, which is like the one of the big teams in Medellin, and they had a big game against Cali, which is obviously like another big city in Colombia. And we were headed down to this football match, and it was just an incredible experience, really, because like it was like a party carnival feel, like inside the stadium. Like we were sat with like the, the I guess like the party section of the the stadium, so it was like a lot of people sort of like dancing and singing throughout the game it was like 90 minutes throughout the whole match with just people like singing and dancing it was almost like they weren't really watching the match but they were just there to have like a good time and have fun and like it was just a really amazing experience and and for me as being like a really really big football fan like it was so nice to be in in that kind of space and that environment and to see like it wasn't just guys It was like a lot of girls there as well like having fun it was like it felt like a real kind of like community moment like everyone sort of comes out and goes to the match and and celebrates and like before the game um everyone sort of like fills the streets around the stadiums and people are having beers and buying food and it was like a really nice just sort of a nice environment to be in so that was a pretty cool experience so I'm very very glad that I did that um and and it, it sort of it was another big highlight for me it, it being in medellin so um, but yeah I guess like the city itself is really cool like, I definitely definitely recommend it it's like a really nice place and like the people in Medellin are really nice like they really do love their city like you have to be a little bit careful in some areas like particularly downtown but overall like I had a really really great time there and uh, a lot of people that I met were, were sort of staying in Medellin for a longer time like there were some people who were staying there for like six months to work and study Um a lot of the other travellers I was speaking to like said it was one of their favourite places they'd been to so and um, Medellin a, is a must if you go to to Colombia and um, and then the next part of my journey like I said was spent in the north so originally my plan was to go to Cartagena and then Barranquilla and then um, Santa Marta and then loop back down to towards Bogota but whilst I was staying in the hostel I, I, I got quite friendly with these two Dutch guys Jürgen and Jacques and and um, they were basically doing the exact same trip as me but going the other way around so they were going Santa Marta Barranquilla and then uh, Cartagena so they we got chatting and they're like, well, you might as well just like come with us. Like we've already got like most things kind of booked and we know where we're going to go and we're going to go to all these cool spots and do this and that. So I was like, I, I, one of the things I love about travelling is the flexibility you can have in changing your plans, and you know, it, it, if you don't want to stay somewhere for too long, you can move, and if you like somewhere, you can stay longer, or if you want to change direction in in, in where you're going, you can do it. So, like these guys are really cool, so and we were getting on really well. Like whilst we was in Medellin, so I, I changed my route. I, I I actually flew into Cartagena, and it was a really funny story actually. So I got up uh, things like on the Sunday morning, like they were flying straight to Santa Marta and getting a bus to. Uh, where we ended up, and I was flying to Cartagena, so it, which meant I then had to get like a three-hour, four-hour bus to Santa Marta to then uh, meet up with them. So, I arrived in the morning. I spent the day walking around with um, a guy that I met who was who was in our hostel and also on the same flight as me, called Mark. We were sort of checking out Cartagena, and and then in the evening I had a bus booked for six o'clock. So. Um and this is one of the the, the downsides of travelling that you don't really hear a lot about really is I got to the bus station and um had my ticket. I've gone up to the counter, I said, I've got my my ticket, where you know, where, uh, where's the bus? Uh, to find out that there were no buses. That like even I'd bought a ticket in the morning, there was no buses because there was a strike happening in Colombia. So there was very limited service and a lot of the a lot of the bus uh companies have sort of put their, their travel plans on hold for for the weekend and the, the the strike actually stopped on, on the following day on Monday so got to the station. and I sort of stood there with all my stuff and I'm just like at the counter like what do you mean there's no buses trying to speak like really bad Spanish trying to understand what's going on the lady's telling me there's no buses until the morning so I sort of stood there and I'm like oh like I booked this place in like four hours away like I've already paid for it that you know I I paid for the bus which you know the ticket now I couldn't use and I'd lost out on that so I was a little bit annoyed, but I was also quite like, I was laughing at the situation, because I was like, this this is really what travelling is about, like, stuff not going to plan, and trying to have, like I said, having to be flexible and figure it out, um, so I ended up going back to, to Cartagena, spending one night there, and then the next day, um, I managed to get a different bus, so I lost out on my bus ticket, um, so I just purchased a different bus company who were, who were... Uh, it was a little bit more expensive, but a lot more direct and a bit more reliable. They were, they were running buses all day on the Monday, so I didn't want to take the risk. And I took the bus, I got to Santa Marta. So when I arrived, I had to then get a taxi um, to where we were staying, which was a place called Finca Carpe Diem. And it was essentially like a eco-hostel um, in the mountains. And it was really cool, actually, because um, in the evenings, I think it was from 7, seven o'clock until... 10 a.m i think it was they turned the wi-fi off so you had no access to you had no signal you had no access to internet so you kind of had to integrate with all the people who were in the hostel and it was a really nice place because there was like two or three swimming pools and it was like really chilled There was like hammocks you could chill in there was like really cool people there you could just get chatting to um and then during the day you could go on like a walk along the river and check out some waterfalls um So we spent. Uh, I was supposed to have two nights there. I ended up only having one night because of the whole bus situation. And um, I got chatting to like another really couple called Dutch guys, as well as the you know Dutch guys that I'd gone to meet there, um, uh, and a, and an Australian girl called Casey. And we spent the evening just sort of chilling out and and having a few drinks and having a laugh and just sort of having general like good time. um And then in the morning, um me and Jack and and Jurgen were supposed to go to another hostel. Um, But we didn't have to leave till, like, 2 o'clock. So I got up early in the morning, and me and a couple of the guys from the hostel decided to go on, like, a little river trek. Um, And we walked back down the mountain along this beautiful river, like, just more like a stream, really, than, like, a proper river. And we walked, like, through the river, literally barefooted, uh, followed it. And then we found, like, a couple of waterfall spots. And we were, like, chilling there and, like, jumping off the waterfalls and just being, like back in nature and in the mountains felt really like nice and peaceful to me and like I think I one thing I discovered through this whole whole journey really was that like being out in the mountains and around nature and rivers and stuff like that is definitely where I like I feel like the most pure energy so um yeah it was really really nice to kind of experience that up there and um, so we had a really great morning and we kind of like headed back towards uh the hostel we spent like a couple of hours doing that headed back to the hostel um had some nice breakfast or like brunch i guess it was like late breakfast and um, and then me and the boys we jumped on these really funny motor taxis which take you up and down the mountain because it's like a dirt track and cars can't really go up there because it's a bit bumpy and dangerous uh, so you have to jump in these motor taxis we jumped on this motor taxi headed towards our next hostel uh, which is a place called el rio which one of my friends um uh live had, had recommended me um, and we booked it up, and it was like another really cool like eco hostel, like all like um, it was all it was built. In, it was all like huts built in in into like this really cool surrounding. And there was another river that ran by, and it was just really cool, like nature esque, really picturesque, beautiful, lots of greenery, a very cool chilled vibe. Um, and we, so we stayed there for like one night, and then again the following morning, what we did is we got up and we. Um, we did one of the kind of activities, I guess it was that the hostel would put on and it was, it was, um, an activity called tubing, which is basically where you take like a massive rubber ring, uh, you walk upstream up the river and then you kind of, uh, get in a rubber ring and you, you spend like the next like hour or so, two hours floating back down the river in the, in the in the I guess it's the currents is it would it be called or the uh no it's got another name isn't it but yeah anyway the currents and you're just sort of chilling you're chatting to loads of people like we we, we you're allowed to like buy some beers before you go so you can have a bit of a drink and a bit of a laugh and then you, you stop off at all these different points so you can like chill on these rocks for a little bit and then there was a bit where you could like climb up the rocks and jump in and then there was another bit of like a like a rope swing so you could like climb um up this rock face and then swing from a rope and like drop into the water and like swim about again it was really nice like really peaceful kind of um nature environment and again i felt totally at home there like i loved that that was such a nice moment um so that was a really really cool experience and then we kind of like we kind of like whisked through the first couple of days we were there because we we were only staying like a couple of nights in places um, and then after the tubing experience we went back to the hostel and we had to go to our next place which we kind of had a bit longer time to to stay i think we stayed there three nights in the end um and it was in the same area but a bit closer towards the beach so where we were staying at el rio was more inland and along the river but then where we went to was a another kind of hostel called los hermanos which was on costeño beach so we spent three nights there and it was a really super chilled place like really beautiful beach there was like four or five hostels all in a row um if you walked a bit further down the beach there was like some more hostels and like a really cool surf school and like some eco hostels and everything um and it was this really nice like gold sandy beach um the sea that you could swim in but um it wasn't recommended because the the waves had being were, were quite rough and the currents were quite strong Um we spent a couple nights there and what was really cool is that every night there was at the different hostels like one of them would like put on an event so one of the nights uh Costania Beach Hostel had like this cool Dutch uh DJ and like almost like nightclub kicking off then one of the other nights there was like a party at our hostel so it was kind of like chill during the day kind of vibe and then in the evening it was like more partying having some drinks and and sort of like having a bit of a dance and having some fun and, and meeting other people and again it's a really nice setup because like during the day you're kind of just chilled and you're sort of hanging out with you know, your own little crew, or whoever you're with, and then in the evening, there's a bit more social, and you're kind of, like, mixing with other people, and meeting other people, and kind of having a good time, so, um yeah, we definitely recommend that area as well, and then, an area I didn't manage to get to, because, well, two areas I didn't manage to get to, because a time, and, and one of them were closed, was uh, the National Park, uh, uh, Tirona Park, was uh, just near Santa Marta, but they closed it throughout February, which meant that we didn't actually get to go, but, Um, A lot of people highly recommended that so if you do go up that way definitely check that out and do some research on it and then the other area is Palomino which is a bit further along Um, but it's where like the river um, literally meets the sea and it's supposed to be really beautiful like desert um, like sandy desert but like really beautiful uh, natural environment which um, a couple of people we met had been there and they were like blown away by it so definitely check out, check out Tirana Park and, uh, Palomino if you're going that direction. Like I would definitely want to go back and check it out at some point. Uh, but this trip, I didn't really have the time. So, um, we, we just stuck to Costeño Beach and the places that we did. Um, and then after our experience at the beach, um, which was really nice, we were feeling really chilled and it was quite nice actually, because we knew that like the next three or four days were going to be quite hectic because, uh, we were going to Barranquilla, which, um, kind of sits between Cartagena and Santa Marta and basically it was carnival so uh, one of the things I was really excited about in Colombia was going to the carnival because um, obviously like Rio carnival is like the biggest and most famous carnival probably in the world Uh, but the Barranquilla is actually the second biggest carnival in South America probably even the world to be honest so it was really cool because it was a totally different vibe because obviously like Rio is like this full of Brazilian and like samba and like Everything and the the, the carnival in uh, in Barranquilla is a lot more Caribbean kind of um, not themed but like uh, inspired because obviously like there's a big Caribbean influence there because of the Caribbean coast and everything. So uh, me and a few guys so the two the two Dutch guys Jacques and J- and Jürgen um, we'd booked an Airbnb and then we were joined by Mark the German guy who I met on the flight to Cartagena and another friend of mine Roof. Uh, who was in Barranquilla for Carnival, she's a friend from London, was there. So we all kind of booked the Airbnb together and we had this really cool apartment. And then during the day, we were going to check out all of the kind of Carnival doing. So uh, the evening that we arrived, we we found a street party, which was happening outside a random kind of bar. And what's really cool about the Carnival in uh in Barranquilla, is that like there's lots of different spots and parties that are happening all the time, like in the evening? So, we managed to find this street spot, which is just like a party outside a bar, and it was really cool. Um, so we hung there for a bit, and there was like loads of locals just drinking, like people coming up to us, chatting to us. Because one thing that Colombians love is that tourists and people visiting their country. Because obviously, in the 90s, it was like one of the most dangerous uh, places to be, so people had a bit of um. We're a bit scared, really, to go to the country. So now that the the country's kind of opened up to tourism, like the locals and and a lot of the Colombian people are really really happy to see like people from London and and Holland and France and you know Europe or whatever like visiting their country. So they're really like friendly and want to come and chat to you, and the locals want to come and dance with you, and like it's, like it's just re- it's a really nice vibe. So the first night we spent at the street party. Then the next day we we uh, we got up early and we kind of like headed to the the famous parade and there's basically one massive street that gets blocked off in, in Barranquilla and they have like this really big famous parade but to kind of access it you have to you have to have tickets to pay for so we kind of just sort of milled around and checked out a few of like the happenings in the streets and there's like lots of people selling food and drinks and um, and towards the, the tail end of the parade we managed to find a spot where we could kind of sneak in and watch like some of the, the people coming past and like some of the displays of like the the dress like the uh traditional dress and like the dances and stuff. So we got to see a little bit of the parade, which was really cool. Um and then in the evening, um again, like I said, Bankia there's a lot of different spots, like a lot of different parties you can go and check out, but one of the biggest um I can't remember exactly which street it was on. I think it was on like KA forty or fifty, like one of the big streets. They basically block out like this whole street. I mean it must be like five kilometers and it's just like a massive street party. So we didn't really know what we were getting ourselves into, to be honest. We'd been recommended it, like no one really knew what was going down. Uh, so we turned up in the taxi. We've, like, but we've got a ticket to, to, to skip the queue because the queue was massive. So we bought a ticket, which cost us like an extra £5 or something to like skip the queue. Um, we've got in and it, literally all you could see was people like just down the street it was like huge like massive street full of people and it was like lots of different stages and then like right at the very end there was like a main stage of like performances so we kind of like made our way down and we stopped at a couple of the spots and we were like dancing listening to the music and then we kind of walked we probably got about halfway down the street before we found this stage which was really cool and it was like a really good dj he was playing really good music everyone was having like a really good time the vibe was really good there was literally we were surrounded by locals just like having a good time people like in all colorful shirts like we would bought our own colorful shirts during the day so we we're all like in our colorful shirts and one of the, the, the traditions they have in um in, in the carnival there is that people spray you with foam or they or they throw chalk at you it's just like one of the things they do and like uh so when you're walking around you see like a lot of people just like with faces covered in chalk or like they've got foam all over them or there's like people spraying foam in your face and it's just like a good like a uh... Uh, party vibe that the thing that they have going on so we, we we're at the street party and we had a really good time there Like it was a really really good night we spent all night pretty much in the same spot just dancing it was like our crew and then there was this guy who was a local Colombian who like was joining us and dancing with us and he was like pulling his friends over and he was like getting the girls to dance with the guys and one of the great things about Colombia is like dancing is just like a it's like a pastime, it's like a fun thing for them. So they like, they all dance together. It's not like, you know, if you go to a club in like London or in Europe, it's like no one really just dances with each other for fun. There's always like a bit more, there's always like something behind why you're dancing with someone. Whereas in Colombia, it's like a, it's like a pastime. So like people come up to you and they just want to dance with you. And then like the song finishes and then like they'll go and dance with someone else. So there was like a lot of this going on and there was like lots of jumping and like crazy partying and like people like just, it was like a massive street rave it was it was really really good fun i can't i can't really describe it it was just like unbelievable kind of energy and experience to be there um so that was really great and then and then the next day um understandably we we uh we spent most of the day sort of chilling by the pool or the apartment that we we were staying at um and then in the evening we went back out and we we randomly we ended up at a house party um one of the dutch guys at we ended up in like a whatsapp group of loads of people we'd met um who were also in barranquia one of the dutch guys we'd met had kind of told us that he posted like this address said there's like supposed to be a really cool party here like head there again we didn't really know what it was so when we turned up it was like a house party <laughs> apparently it's like a, a party that goes on there every year so like a lot of like the young locals and stuff know about it so we turned up to this house party and again it was just like us like a group of like maybe like seven or eight of us, like, Europeans, travellers, um, and then the rest of the party was basically locals, so we just had, like, a really good time at this, like, random house party uh, in the middle of, like, Barranquilla for a carnival. It was just, like, really insane. Um, and then after that, uh, the following day, we, we all left, so we all kind of went our separate ways, so Ruth uh, left us to go... Um, I can't remember where she went somewhere, when went, she went to, like, Palomino... Uh, me and, and the Dutch boys were heading back to Cartagena and then Mark was like continuing his journey um, through Colombia um, so yeah we got our bus to Cartagena and I'd already spent the day in Cartagena with, with Mark previously before I kind of met up with the boys in Santa Marta before the whole bus fiasco and I kind of got enough of a sense of the place like for me it's not really my kind of vibe like, it's a very very beautiful city very very pretty, like loads of amazing streets and lots of color and just really picturesque and cool. But it's, it's too much of a kind of tourist attraction for me, and it it kind of felt like when I arrived in Cartagena, and I, I got this sense the second time we, we I went there as well. It's like it feels very touristy. It feels like you've arrived in a holiday destination rather than like discovering like a part of a country or a city or a town. Um, so I wasn't like the biggest fan of it um, but what I did love and what I ended up doing was this: there's a a, a group of islands um, called the Rosario Islands just off of the, the coast of Cartagena it takes like about 40 minutes to an hour on a boat to get there and you can either do like a day trip there and you can like check out a few of the spots or you can actually stay on some of the islands for the night so um, what I decided to do was stay on Isla Grande which is like the biggest of the islands for one night And it was really cool, actually, because I kind of felt, again, that I was in this, like, weird space of, like, booking something and going somewhere, not knowing anyone who's going to be there and being a little bit apprehensive about it, but also quite excited about it. Because, A, I was coming towards the end of my trip, uh, not just in Colombia, but, like, the whole two-month trip as a whole. So I wanted some time to kind of reflect and chill, but also to meet some new people along the way as well. So I booked this stay on on, on Isla Grande, and I, uh, I booked one of the eco hostels there. And as I arrived, I, I got lost on the island straight away. I couldn't find the hostel. So I was, like, popping my head into all these different, like, hostels. I was walking past, like, excuse me, where's the, uh, this hostel? And, like, nothing's really signposted. You kind of just have to, like, know which rough direction you're walking in. Uh, but I got there in the end. And when I arrived, I sort of, like, put my stuff down, like, checked in. Um, and I got chatting to a couple of girls who uh, were speaking Spanish. Um, uh, Paloma and Cristina. Paloma's from Peru. Cristina's from Spain. And they're sort of chatting to each other and they, they look like they kind of were making a plan for the day. So I, I was asking them what they were up to and they said they were going to the beach. They, they said to me, do you want to come along? So end ended up uh, sort of hanging out with them for the rest of the day. We went to this amazing beach called Playa Cristal, which is like a really tiny beach, but the water was just beautiful. It was like crystal clear water. Like when you looked out into the sea, it was all like turquoise in this little bay, like really peaceful, really quiet. You're on this island in the middle of nowhere. You had to walk like 20 minutes to get there it was like really really nice experience we were like chilling at this beach and then this other group of spanish people came along so everyone kind of got chatting to them like a few of them spoke really good english so i was speaking with them and then we had a spot of lunch on the beach and we just it was just like a really nice vibe. And it was, I kind of felt like it's, it was exactly what I wanted for my last few days it was just to be somewhere in nature, like on a beach, just chilling with like a really cool group of people, hanging out, having like really awesome conversations and just enjoying the surroundings that we were in. And like the island was really beautiful because it, really, it was small enough to walk around. Like you could probably walk the whole thing in a day. There's lots of different things to do. Um, there's lots of activities you can do there like snorkeling Uh, one of the things you can do at night is you can go and um, see the plankton so uh, at night there's lots of plankton in the water but at night they kind of light up so when you go in the water and you move and they start swimming away they they light up in like a electric blue Uh, again this isn't isn't something I got to do because I didn't have the time and we, we ended up spending the evening just sort of hanging out and watching the sunset but Uh, a couple of my friends I'd met along the way had done it and they were like it's a really cool experience so it's definitely worth looking into um but yeah we, we spent the day chilling at the beach and then we kind of went along to um uh with like a I guess like a pontoon that kind of goes out into the water and we we decided to walk there with a couple of the Spanish guys we met and chill and we had like a few drinks and we just watched like the sunset over the island which was really really beautiful Um, And we just spent the evening just chilling there and just, like, really just taking in, like, the the really peaceful environment we were in. So, like I said, it was a really nice way to kind of round up the trip. And then the following day I had, like, until 3 p.m. to catch the boat back to the mainland. And so we spent, me and uh, Paloma, the girl from Peru, just, we were both catching the same boat. So we just went and did the beach thing again during the day and we just chilled. And it was just such a nice for me really nice environment I was doing a lot of like internal reflection about the whole trip and just being really kind of like present with where I was and really grateful for the whole opportunity and I think you know one of the things I realized on the trip is like there's a lot of times where like (laughs) things just kind of work out for themselves there's so many times where something was happening or like you'd worry about like you know you might miss a bus or something but in the end it kind of always worked out so I, I spent a lot of time kind of processing all of that stuff towards the end of the trip and yeah just really really grateful I guess for like the whole experience like for me like I love to travel so this is the longest I traveled like two months as a whole like with a backpack like there's a lot of rookie mistakes I made which I definitely will probably record another podcast about or like write a blog about or something um just I feel like you should share these rookie mistakes that I made but overall like the experience was was amazing and I definitely want to go and do some more traveling this year have to see how things pan out for the rest of the year because obviously there's some travel issues right now with like the 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 virus going around and everything but overall um yeah it was an an amazing trip and I'm very very happy that I did it because I wanted to 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 have a, a solo travel experience I was really grateful that the second half of my trip was that but also I was I was very grateful that I got to share the first half of my trip with a couple of my friends so yeah, I would I would highly recommend any sort of traveling to, to anyone out there who's who's doing it. Like just grab a bag, pack some stuff and just go and go to a place for like two weeks, a month, two months, six months, whatever it is. And like you really do learn a lot about yourself because you find yourself in situations where like what you do in life really doesn't matter when you're traveling because you're you're just in a moment with people. And there's a lot of people just living fully and it, it, with this great energy and everyone's kind of on a really amazing page so yeah I would highly highly recommend it and yeah I've got a lot of like reflection and learning to do off the back of it which is really nice so um but yeah that's it that's kind of the final part of what I got up to on my travels I've kind of whizzed through that because you know two and a half weeks in Colombia there's quite a lot to get through so I've just tried to give you the the highlights really and some of the funny things that happened along the way but um as I said, Columbia is an amazing country. I would highly, highly recommend it. Like, I definitely would love to go back and and check out more of the country. Like, there's so much more to see. Like there's the West Coast, like the Pacific Coast, there's Cali, there's like the mountains down south. There's like, you know, it's just so much. So um I would definitely recommend it as a country. It's a really, really nice place. And yeah, I hope that you know you've taken a little bit from it. It's inspired you to do some traveling or something for yourself. Um, you know if you've got a friend who's thinking of traveling or visiting Colombia then be sure to send this to them share the love let them hear it it might give them some ideas some inspiration um, and yeah I appreciate you listening and as ever you can hit me up on Instagram at IamAlexMansie if you want to get in touch if you want to ask me some questions if you want to you know get some tips if you're going to Colombia or if you're going to any of the other places that I travel to um, I'm more than happy to send you tips because I kind of keep loads of notes on my phone of all the things that I go up to so yeah hit me up and uh, i'll see you there but until then i will see you for the next episode this podcast is produced by unedited